Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life, and this is the I Heart My Life show. And I have the incredible Melissa Griffin here with us today. Melissa is a business and mindset coach with a community of over 200,000 business owners and self-development fanatics. <laughs> she's a former school teacher turned entrepreneur, and she's a leading voice in the online space. Entrepreneur Magazine calls her a Pinterest superstar, and Business Insider named, he, named her a savvy millennial. Within four years, Melissa grew her website into a multi-million dollar company, and now she helps entrepreneurs start and grow their own businesses to create a life of freedom. Melissa also hosts one of my favorite podcasts, Pursuit with Purpose, which covers topics like mindset, relationships, and business in order to help her community reach their full potential in many areas of their lives. Guests have included people like Marie Forleo, Deepak Chopra, and Mark Manson. So Melissa, it's such an honor. You've been one of the people I've wanted to interview this entire time since I started. So I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much, Emily. You are such a sweet light. I'm so excited to be able to chat with you today. Yeah, and I just have to say, I know Pursuit with Purpose has had the most incredible guests on it so far because I've literally devoured every episode. And I was telling my husband, I was like, I'm so nervous to interview her because she's so good on her podcast. And I just love <laughs> you're it. so sweet. Aww. Yeah, no, you're, you're amazing. I can't wait to chat with you. Honestly, I'm just like winging it most of the time when I'm talking to these people. And for me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking to like Deepak Chopra or all these people that I love. So I it's know incredible. exactly. Yeah, so we'll get into the podcast. I definitely want to touch on that because that's just such a huge part of your life now and your work and your mission and so special. But what yeah. I normally find with my audience and with um, the guests I have on the show is that a lot of people relate with stories and they find inspiration in other people's stories. And I think everyone has their own I Heart My Life story in some respect. So I'd love to know a little bit about your story and what's brought you to here. Yeah, absolutely. So my story kind of happened by accident, I guess. A lot of stories do happen that way. I was an English teacher in Japan about five years ago. So I was living there for a couple of years and kind of went there after college thinking that it was going to be this life-changing experience, getting out of the bubble of suburbia and doing something totally different, learning about the world. And I got all of those things, but it, I thought it was going to come in this really nice, beautiful package. And it came in more of this like slap in the face that this is life um, after college and things are going to be a little bit more difficult for you. So I took some of that time to really find myself and lose myself. And I was working in a job as an English teacher there where I just didn't feel like that was my purpose. I loved teaching, I loved connecting with people and my students, but there was something inside of me that was saying like, this is not the dream for you. And it might be the dream for some people, but it wasn't for me. Um, and that feeling started to grow and grow and grow. And I remember just being at my job there as a teacher and just coming home crying or like trying to hold back tears as I was going to class. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that who might be in a job right now that's just not bringing them joy. So I started a blog as really just a hobby, something that I thought would make me happy after work. 
And it was about creativity and personal development and kind of just anything that was on my mind, recipes. Um, and that blog ended up growing a little following pretty quickly because it became my life after work. It was something I was so passionate about. And within about six months, I started a graphic design studio because I had been practicing design as a hobby for a long time and just thought maybe I could design websites for people and make some side cash. Um, and then within a few more months after starting that, I it turned into this full-time business. I quit my job. I ended up moving back to California where I'm from and I ran that design studio for a couple of years. Um, and that was really my gateway out of this kind of corporate lifestyle into something that was more creative and more in line with what I wanted to do. Uh, but then a couple of years after that, I realized that I wanted to do something a little different as well. And, and then I started selling online programs, teaching more about business coaching, what I was doing to grow my business. Um, and that's what I've been doing for the past few years now. And after a few years of doing that, I see myself pivoting a little bit more into personal development and mindset. Um, so I, I feel like for a lot of people, when we start our businesses or this journey for ourselves, we think the first thing has to be the thing. And for me, the first thing was, was really just the first thing. And I don't even know if I found the thing yet, but I feel like the more I grow and move in the direction of what feels good, the more I find what that thing is for me. So I don't know when the journey will end if ever, but I'm just, I keep following that direction of, of what's feeling good in the moment. Yeah, I so resonate with that. And and like you said, so many of our listeners, I'm sure do as well, because there were definitely whispers that I had to pay attention to before starting my business. And I, um, for those who don't know, I was about to go and get a master's in psychology and literally, you know, had that same feeling like this isn't right. Something's off here. And from the outside looking in, you know, lots of people would want that opportunity. Lots of people would want to do what you were doing. But a lot of us have this feeling like there's something more meant for us. And it takes so much courage to follow that. But when you do, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, thank God I listened to that because this is what I'm meant to be doing. No, I just totally agree with you. Yeah, and I love what you said about how the first thing is just the first thing because I feel like a lot of my clients put so much pressure on the first thing that they're doing or the first type of person they're working with. And it almost makes it so that they don't continue to move forward because they don't feel like they've done it perfectly and they don't have the answers yet. And I love how you shared that the first thing can just be the first thing. A hundred percent. I actually, um, with my boyfriend, he's been really wanting to start his own business for years. And when I met him, he had these big ideas. He really want to, wants to do something environmental that that's for sustainability, that helps the environment. And he had these huge projects in mind of how he wanted to create this first business and really change the world. And I loved so much of where his heart was at, but I was trying to convince him like, maybe you should just do this easier thing and, <laughs> and start making some money from this other business idea that will get you some income more quickly, build some capital and lead you more into the direction of doing that thing maybe in a, a few years when it leads you there down the road. But I think it's harder to start with the big grandiose vis vision that maybe we don't even know is is the ultimate vision. It's just like a thing right now. But if we just start with one small step, then I think it just continues to lead in the direction of where we yeah. ultimately go. 
And I think the way I look at it is in the beginning, your platform is like the size of um, a tree stump and it's you're standing on it, maybe with one other person. And as you grow and expand and your mission gets bigger, it becomes the size of a stage and more people can stand on it and your work expands and you can offer lower price programs and higher whatever you want to offer. I'm talking about coaches <laughs> in particular. And I think that, like you said, sometimes we have this big vision, most of us do, and we need to know that we can get there, but there are some steps along the way to take first. Absolutely. I love that analogy, too, of the tree stump becoming a stage that other people can stand on with you. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it's so amazing. You know, you and you and your boyfriend work together, or you're both entrepreneurs, and I know that James and I obviously work together, and there's so many people out there who aspire for, for that element of the entrepreneurial dream as well. And I think it's so cool how you've been able to, you know, be a part of one another's journey, and, and now there's this next chapter where anything can happen, um, and I'm excited to see what your next chapter holds too. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. I'm excited to see what my next chapter holds too, because who knows what it'll be. <laughs> yeah, don't you feel, I personally feel like I'm kind of coming full circle. I know why I started this business, and it's all about helping women heart their life. And the next step for me um, is, you know, a little bit of a question mark, but I feel like, especially with this show, it's not about another strategy or another funnel or whatever the, the thing is that's supposed to get you the next bit of success. It's about the story and it's about mindset and really moving forward with your dreams and doing what lights you up. And I feel like that's why I started I Heart My Life in the first place. And so it's interesting when that happens. I 100% agree. I was actually, when I was just sharing my story earlier, that popped in my head too, a full circle. Because when I started that blog, it was about personal development, about creativity. And I kind of veered away from that with the other things that I was doing. And now I feel like I'm coming back to doing that just in a different way. It's kind of like, you know, the values that you want to project, the things that you want to share, but you just don't know the container that it's going to be in until you do the other stuff in between. And it leads you back to that ultimate message. That's maybe your life's mission. Exactly. And I know through listening to your story um, on your podcast and various times that you've shared it, there was a bit of a wake up call for you. And I really resonate with that because a few years ago, I woke up and I was like, you know what, I'm actually not happy. I'm running a company called I Heart My Life, but I'm not happy. And that's not okay with me. And I know you talk about hitting seven figures in your business and you know, what, what that felt like for you. And then thinking about, okay, well, what is the next step and what is my purpose? So could you share a little bit about that period of time? Absolutely. So I, um, like you said, it was 2016. I had just hit seven figures in my business. And I think I always had these external goals, uh, that I thought if I hit this thing, I'll be happy, whether it's making a certain amount of money or having a certain relationship or having a certain body. And I think a lot of people relate to just, there are things outside of ourselves that if we hit those things, then we think we'll be happy or fulfilled. And I started hitting the things that I thought would make me feel happy. And it was with that, that I realized I'm so miserable right now. I was actually at a conference listening to this spoken word poet, um, talking really about money and happiness and just speaking a lot of truths that I needed to hear in that moment and just tears, like 
flooded with tears and so many emotions. I'm just feeling like I was coming back to myself that I had lost for the past couple of years of, of striving and hustling. And I walked to a CVS and I bought a journal and a water bottle and like went to a park for a few hours and just spilled out everything that I had been holding back and that had been holding me back from that truth of who I was. And I went back to my business the next week after the conference and really started to think about how can we make some changes so that this isn't just about how many followers we have or how much money we're making, but it's really about how much impact are we having? How fulfilling is the work that I'm doing? Um, so we started prioritizing things like service and giving back. And I started prioritizing things for myself, my own personal life of relationships and getting coaching for myself and, and really healing and working on the things inside of myself that were uh, attaching to this idea of needing to make more, be more, have more versus just feeling like more internally. Um, and the past year has been one of the biggest growth for me personally in my life of just feeling like I finally feel grounded and I finally feel at peace with who I am and what I'm doing. And I don't feel like I have to prove anything. Um, and my business is still growing. And I think a lot of people sometimes worry, like if I kill the the hustle, which I haven't killed it, but if I stop hustling so hard or if I don't value uh, these other external goals as much, am I going to have to live in like a tiny apartment and be a Buddhist monk or something like that? And the answer is obviously no. You can still achieve all the goals you want, but you can be so much more fulfilled. And that's what I found for myself of just really prioritizing my own healing and my own happiness over basically seeking approval from other people with these external goals to validate myself. And do you find that healing is really the secret to helping you really be motivated and go for the inner goals? I know you call them inner goals versus the external. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that every person on this earth has something that they've been programmed with in their life that is holding them back in some way. Probably something from a long time ago, maybe their childhood, maybe it was their last job that they worked at, but it could even be just like a little comment that somebody said that they internalized and started believing as a truth about who they are. And I think we all have that programming in certain ways. Um, and it's up to us to really figure out what it is, have the awareness of what is holding us back, what is causing us to seek approval or security or control over other people or um, external things in our lives, and then to start healing that piece of ourself and let us be open to um, just having a great life without having to control or seek approval. Mm, I love that. Was there anything in particular, um, if you're open to sharing, that you felt was really a game changer for you in terms of healing or shifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think number one, um, and you might like this, is that I started working with coaches. I started seeking out some of the best coaches that I could find and working with them and all kinds of coaches, like some people who did EFT or some people who were just regular kind of talk coaches, other ones who did sound therapy or Reiki with their coaching. Um, I went to tarot readings, which I had never done before and just like started doing all these different things because I thought if I could get one little nugget of information from this person that would be helpful for me in my journey, then it's totally worth it. 
Um, so I started just going to all of these different people and learning a lot from each of those sessions and, and pulling those little things that were helpful to me. Um, the thing that I found that needed the most healing was really a need for approval. And I, a lot of people that I've talked to feel this way too, even if maybe we don't share it as much. But I think for me, a lot of it was that I needed approval from my audience. I needed approval from my family. I needed approval from my partner and my friends. And there's, it shows up in different ways in our lives, but um, having the awareness for me of how I was acting to get approval from all of these different people was basically putting me into this miserable place and then starting to see what I was doing and then changing it so that the only approval I was seeking was of myself. Mm-hmm. Then I started just acting in a way um, that allowed me to just be fulfilled instead of uh, miserable all the time. Yeah, I can so relate to that. And and my moment of clarity came at a conference too, sitting in a room with all these amazing people at the Titan Summit. And Robin Sharma was leading it. And he, he was the one who said, you know, are you happy? And I wrote down no. And it was such a surprise. And so I sought off sought out all of these coaches as well. And one of the main mentors I had, it turned into kind of like self love coaching. And I didn't realize I needed that so badly. And I think so often when we do put ourselves out there, and especially I know for myself, working with so many clients and and feeling like so much is, there's so much weight on you to help people get results and transform their life and all these big things, it can be a lot of pressure and you forget to take care of yourself and you forget to check in in terms of how you're living your life and whether that's actually in, I guess, in alignment with the big vision. And I think so many of us, you know, we get in and it's like one thing after another chasing the next thing and we forget to stop and actually check in. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And it's so easy to be on that path for like decades where you forget to check in and, and you look back on your life and you're like, oh crap, I didn't do any of this stuff that I really wanted to do. Was it even worth it? Was it worth it? Yeah. So I want to take a quick break here, and then I want to talk to you a little bit about purpose because you've already alluded to it. I think so many people, they get started on this path to success, same with me, and they get nervous about changing gears or you know, going in a different direction or working with a different type of client because they feel like it's going to derail everything that they've done previously and that people won't you know, like the brand anymore or follow the brand. So I want to talk a little bit about that and, and how you were able to make some of the shifts. Love it. Can't wait. Do you want to learn how to make and attract more money in your business? If so, my iHeartMoney Live program is for you. It's a 10-week program where you can jump in, learn all about money mindset, how to transform the way you think about money, your relationship with money, and in turn, make more money in your business. So if you're interested, go to iHeartMoneyLive.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. 
created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life, and this is the I Heart My Life show. And we have the incredible Melissa Griffin here with us today. And before the break, we were talking all about purpose and some transitions that happened in her business when she experienced a wake-up call around the fact that she was really focused on some external goals instead of those important inner ones. So Melissa, like I said, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you were able to kind of create that courage to make some big changes in your business. Because if I'm correct, you had a multi-million dollar business at that point when you were at the conference and the tears were streaming. And so how did you get the courage to, to change the direction and to even launch the podcast and some of the things you're doing now? Um, two things. One, it was really scary. (laughs) It was really scary. There was definitely a lot of thoughts of, am I going to make no money if I shift? Am I going to, do I need to do this? Uh, Keep it the way it is in order to continue having money? Do I even want money? And just went through a lot of those thoughts of just feeling very scared. And then the second thing was that it just got to a point where there was no more choice. Like I, I couldn't not do the thing that I really wanted to do. And I think maybe some of us get to that point sometimes where it's like doing anything else feels like you're just walking through mud. Like you just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, And for me, I, I just felt like this needed to, to happen for me and for my community too, because I would get emails from people who felt like they were on a similar path of, trying to make a lot of money or trying to have X, Y, Z and just not feeling fulfilled when they, when they hit that point. So I thought maybe I could kind of do a little spin on it where it's still for entrepreneurs, but it's not talking about how to grow your business. It's really talking about how to grow your mindset and your life. And I think because it was still kind of in the realm of entrepreneur, uh, the entrepreneurial world, at least initially, um, it was easier for my audience to resonate with it, but I will say that it's, it's definitely harder to grow than it, it was for my other stuff that I've promoted in the past because it is different. And I think I've just have it in my mind now that this really is a new venture and it's kind of putting me back in that place of when I first started my blog, which I look back and it was like the good days, you know, the good old <laughs> years of just making a ton of mistakes, having no idea what I was doing and just letting it be fun and new and fresh. And I feel that way with this new direction too, because I'm making a lot of mistakes. I don't really know what I'm doing with podcasting, um, learning a little bit more now, but (laughs) I am still learning so much and we want to do other things like events and I want to write a book. So it feels like this new venture, which is really exciting and, um, letting it be fun and not expecting it to be this multi-million dollar new segment of my business right away is freeing. I think if yeah. I put the pressure on it of we need to have this many downloads and this much revenue from these new products, then it would feel very limiting. But I think because I went into it with the mindset of this can be free and fun, it's been free and fun. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And there are so many mentors who suggest that you look at your business with like freshman eyes as much as you possibly can. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting from your experience with the blog and now the new ventures here is you're kind of playing and you're seeing what works and it is fun. And I believe in goal setting, but I also believe in setting yourself up for success and doing what feels good. Um, And that's really the fastest path to, you know, getting what you desire is following that feeling. And it comes across so beautifully in your podcast with all the guests you have on and even your introductions, you know, are so heartfelt. And it's obvious how much you care about this work and getting this work out into the world. And for me, that's, it's obvious it's going to work. I don't know the time frame. It's already working. But like when you feel someone's heart in something, that's such a recipe for success. I love that you said that because I think that is really important for people to know that if they're like running through mud on an idea that they're not passionate about anymore, eventually it's going to catch up to you. But if you do the thing that you are really passionate about and you back it up with some business skills and and all that kind of good stuff, then it's going to work out like it's just going to work out so much better than if you did the thing that you have to force yourself to do. Because the more that we're in alignment with what we're really passionate about, what we really want to bring to this world, what we feel deep down is our core mission, then it just works out so much more beautifully. We're not pushing against the universe, it's really working in our favor instead. And I think you can ask yourself, you know, what are the things you would do even if you didn't make any money? I know my friend Mariah Cause and I were talking about this the other day because I, I recently got a book deal through Hay House. And so I was telling her all about it. And she's like, oh my gosh, you need to prepare your business for massive growth. And I was like, really? And I was like, I know that obviously the book is a positive thing, but I would do this even if, you know, there was no deal, even if I just, you know, felt called to do it. Um, yeah. And I think that that's so important because you can, people can tell when you're just in it for the money. A hundred percent. Yeah. And congrats on the book deal. That's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you said that too, of just, you would do it even if it was for free. And that's when you know that this is part of your real mission. Totally. And I noticed at the beginning of our time together, you mentioned what you did previously, what you're doing now, and you seem to mention a future initiative as well. It was like, you know, planting a seed almost. I don't even know if you did it, but you said in like something like developing into more mindset work. And I know that's what you're doing now, but I was curious to know a little bit more about that. It's funny. I didn't do that on purpose, but I probably just word vomited it out anyways, because it's true. Um, I, I really want to help people heal and I want to give them more freedom in their life. So an element to me of that is helping them create their own business. And I feel like I've done that. I've created a lot of trainings, a lot of information in that segment, but I feel like right now what my real passion is and what I really want to work on bringing to the world is more of that mindset, um, coaching that healing, and just working through the stuff that's holding people back. Cause I, what I'm realizing now is I can give them all the business information in the world, but if they don't feel confident, if they don't love themselves, if they aren't working through those limiting beliefs, then it doesn't matter what information I give them about building a business. They just need to work on themselves first before they're really even open to receiving it or getting results from the business side of things. So that's a long winded way of saying, I don't know what it's all going to look like right now, but 
the podcast was really my first foray into inviting people on to talk about mindset, talk about these other aspects of being a human being um, and what that looks like. And, and now I really want to do more events and a book and make that more of the cornerstone of my brand and, and what I ultimately bring to the world. That's, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I can say that that is my mission. I think my other businesses that I've worked on, graphic design, blogging, and business coaching are all things that I was really passionate about, but they weren't my my purpose. And I feel like I'm really coming more now into my ultimate purpose. So we'll see what it looks like in a couple of years. Oh, I'm so glad to talk about this because I feel the same. And, you know, in working with a lot of entrepreneurs, I of course, the strategy is important. Of course, people need to know the steps to starting and growing a business. But if you haven't yeah. done the internal work, you will only get so far and you won't be able to overcome any blocks or like you said, heal or be able to go to, go to the next level and really live out your purpose in the way that so many people want to. So I completely agree. And we find that whenever people get into our business programs, like literally all of our programs include mindset, whether you're coming in for it or not. And that ends up being the thing that people love the most and the thing Mm. that really helps them transform. I love that you do that. That's something that I'm working on adding to my programs now because most of them don't have that at the moment. And I'm looking back and thinking like, oh my gosh, this is such a big thing that I'm not talking about or these people are just diving right into what is your niche and how are you going to (laughs) monetize without working on this stuff that they really need to unpack before they can even do the business side of things. So I love that. Yeah, I I mean, we literally say like how, for example, our year long program, the first six weeks is mindset, but it's sprinkled in throughout the whole thing. And we say, you know, when is the last time you dedicated six weeks to your mindset? And just FYI, it may never come again, you know, unless you go on a retreat or you really give yourself that attention. And so they literally have to go through that part of the program before getting into the business stuff. I love that. This is giving me a lot of motivation. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so needed. And I really say, you know, if people aren't, if at least one person hasn't cried on my coaching calls, even though I'm working with entrepreneurs, then I'm not doing my job because success Mm -hmm. is an inside job and we need to go beneath the surface. Otherwise, like, what are we doing? Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. It's just, you can give all the tactical information in the world, but like you said, you'll always reach a plateau. There's always a level where that thing, that belief is going to kick in that limiting belief or that block that you have. And it's going to show up over and over and over again in different ways until you heal it. Yeah. And in terms of events, I'm so glad you said that as well, because don't you find people are like craving that in-person connection, especially in the online space? Yeah. And I am too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm craving this. Yeah. I'm going to create it because I need to talk to more people. Like I want to be at these events with people who are eager yeah. to learn and grow and, and become more of they are. And, and I see that too, that so many people are like, I love online courses. I love reading books, but we need something else to feel connected to each other. So it's interesting. You- yeah. It's interesting that both of us had our big aha moment at conferences. Yeah, I know. And when you were talking about your aha moment, where it was just the question of, are you happy? I was thinking, it's such an important job that speakers have that we don't even realize when you're speaking at a conference or on a stage that you don't even realize how deeply your words are impacting people. Like, 
for Emily Williams, she got one question and it changed her life. And she's yeah. like a rocket ship who's going to change the world. And for that speaker who was there, it's like you just gave a one hour talk and are probably going to indirectly or directly impact millions of people through Emily. So yeah, it's huge to think about what kind of work speakers do without even really seeing the outcome of some of the things that they speak about. Yeah. And the only reason I was in that room is through following my intuition. I saw Robin Sharma speak at Brendan Burchard's event and literally it just flashed on the screen for a second, this, this image of his Titan summit. And I ran out into the hall and looked it up on my phone and bought a ticket for myself, like right then and there. I didn't even buy Mm -hmm. one for James. I asked him about it later. Um, but yeah, and I think that just shows, you know, the power of intuition and the power of like following those whispers like we already spoke about. Yeah. And I think you use the word intuition too, because I think a lot of the times we, we go into our logical brain, which is great, but we sometimes don't trust our inner guidance or our intuition. And we start moving into facts world of, well, what are the facts that support this? And sometimes it's really just like a download from something somewhere I don't know, but it's like a download that you receive and and just trusting that that's the information that is guiding you on the path that you need to be on and trusting it, really just trusting yourself. Yeah. And that pertains to everything you were saying, you know, regarding following your feeling and having fun with this new part of your business, which is what you did in the beginning. You didn't know how to do what you were going to do. Same with a Mm -hmm. lot of people like Sarah Blakely, who talk about, you know, this was a new industry. She didn't know what she was doing. She didn't have someone saying, do this step and then the next step. And part of her success is following her intuition and being creative and being willing to try things. Right. Yeah. I like that is almost a reframe of intuition where instead of thinking of it as this big spiritual thing, it can just be like move in the direction of, of what feels good for you and have fun with it. And, and if you're staying true to what's fun and, and you want to move in that direction, then that is your intuition essentially telling you this is the right thing you should be doing. Totally. I I believe that our desires are dropped in and you know, Mm -hmm. they're meant for you because they might feel a little bit crazy, but they also feel really strong and you can't, you know, release them. They're consistently there. And I think there's plenty of things we don't want to do and we trust that. So why are we not trusting the things that we're being called to do? Mm. Ooh, truth bomb. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. Wow. Anyway, well, after the break, I want to talk a little bit about what's next for you and also come back to a few um, things I want to unpack around your story. So we'll catch up right there when we get back. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Williams back with Melissa Griffin here. It's been an incredible episode so far and I really am just so grateful for Melissa being here. She has such an incredible presence as I'm sure you can feel and the work she's doing in the world is so so powerful and very much needed. 
So Melissa, what I'd love to understand and, and have you share with the audience is a little bit about what you would recommend the person who does have that big purpose inside or that big mission that they're feeling called to go for, what would you recommend they do as say the first few steps? Mm, I would say step one is figure out if there's anything right now that's blocking you from being able to do that mission in the biggest way possible, whether it's something inside of you, um, primarily inside of you. Like if there's something that you like a thought pattern or something that continues to get in your way, maybe a lack of confidence or self-esteem or needing approval from other people, anything that you think would get in your way and then go read some books about it or listen to podcasts about it or hire a coach or do journaling for a few months and really work through it. Um, but don't just let it simmer there and, and really take action and work to heal that thing that is going to hold you back eventually. And if you've done that work before, or if you, you do it now, then step two would be find some coaches in maybe the business world or what kind of, whatever kind of purpose you're trying to unfurl into the universe. Um, it might not be a business. It might be a nonprofit or something totally different, but find mentors and coaches or programs that you can sign up for that are going to teach you how to really understand how to get that out into the world in a bigger way. Um, and I think the biggest thing here is just like we've been talking about moving in the direction of what feels good to you, because if you just keep moving in that direction, eventually it's going to lead you to the bigger container that this vision and purpose wants to come out from. But it's hard to know what that is until you actually take a few steps in the right direction. So yes. heal whatever needs to be healed, get some coaching to help you unfurl this mission, but also be willing to take step one, knowing that this is not the end goal. It's just step one. Step one. Yeah, I love that. And I often channel Marie Forleo and how she says clarity comes from engagement, not from thinking about it. And once you get engaged in something, you can start to see what the next few steps actually are. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It, I feel like so many people are saying the same thing where we just need to honor it. We need yeah. to remember like, Taking action, people talk about it for a reason because that's where you get results. It's not from thinking about what you're going to do. It's just from like doing it and making some mistakes and recalibrating. Totally. And what would you say to Melissa back in Japan when you were experiencing, like I used to come home and, and um, not come home, but I, there would be days after um, I was working or even at the beginning of my business where I'd just be crying and like wondering why it's not happening and is this actually going to work? What would you say to yourself back then? Mm. I would say something that actually our mutual friend, Chris Winfield says sometimes that you have a responsibility and by you feeling sorry for yourself and you feeling like you're not worthy of putting this message out there and that you don't have the tools or you don't know how and you feel sad in this place that you're in in your life right now, remember that you have a responsibility to do this bigger mission that you know is your core purpose in this world and to heal the other people out there who need healing, to heal yourself and to just bring this mission to the world instead of going back inside and feeling sad and lonely, like the responsibility is the thing that we need to be focusing on and that yeah. you, Melissa, five years ago need to remember. <laughs> 
Yeah, that reminds me of something Elizabeth Gilbert said when I heard her speak um, at Oprah's big event a few years ago. She said she was really nervous about getting out on stage. Obviously, it was Oprah's event. But then she realized it wasn't about her. It was about the audience. And I think that's what you're saying. It's this responsibility to this bigger mission. And so often we make it about us. And, you know, that's fine. We all have our goals and and things we want to achieve. But it's so much bigger than that. And you never know who's watching and who you're going to impact. Exactly. Emily Williams might be in the audience. (laughs) It might (laughs) change someone like her's life. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, it's the less we attach our own self to our work. And like you said, there's always going to be a level of that. We, it's healthy to have goals. I definitely am a goal nerd still. Um, but it's like the more we can detach ourselves from our work and really just see it as the bigger mission of who are we trying to help, then it becomes so much easier to do what we want to do. I've been talking about something lately with my community that I, I basically coined as your mission is more important than your mask. And for me, that means that we often put on a mask of what we want to do, who we want to be in the world. And that limits us because we're, we're worried about what other people are going to think or say, or are we worthy enough, smart enough. Um, but really it's about the mission. And if you're helping people, then be unapologetic about that and just Mm. do it because it's healing the world. I feel that way about sales, which might be a weird thing to kind of segue into, but I feel like I can't help people unless they're in my programs. And so I see sales as my responsibility and it's a service. And if I'm not telling people about what I have to offer and what they can sign up for that's going to transform their life, then I'm not doing my job. And I think so often as women, we hold ourselves back. And we don't see our service and the work we're doing and the fact that we're getting paid for it in that way. And we let it stop us. But I always say, if the worst thing I'm doing is telling you about my program that's going to help you, then I'm doing okay. (laughs) I completely agree. I love that you translated that to sales because that's something that I teach in my programs too of like, it might seem scary because you're looking at it from a mindset of what am I going to get from this sale? But if you remove that and you, like you said, just think about, I need to help these people. Like these people are going to benefit from being in this program and you take you out of that equation, then you are just benefiting the world. And if you don't do that, you don't tell them about your programs, then you're really doing a disservice to those people. Mm. Love that you said that. Yeah, I love it. So is there anything that you're resistant against right now? And I'll share an example really quick before, while you have a chance to think. I'm resistant against morning routines because I cannot figure out the morning routine that works for me. And everyone goes on and on about morning routines. And I want to have one, but I haven't (laughs) figured it out yet. So I'd love to know what you're resistant against. Yeah, that's a great question. I... I've kind of been feeling similarly with the morning routine stuff. I used to have a great routine. I didn't start work until 11 every day because I had this like two hour routine that I would do. And that was a big part of my healing was just prioritizing that above anything else. And for some reason, there was one day where I just like got out of sync with it. And it's been hard for me to get back into it. I think I've been resisting it because I'm starting to go into that mindset of like, I need to work harder. I need to do more with my business. And so I'm trying to get out of that mindset again and and allow for more spaciousness where I have that time to do my routine, to go to yoga, which I have fallen out of that loop too. So I feel like I'm resisting almost being healthy (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and wanting to just like prioritize my health without actually 
taking really good steps to do that. So yeah, if you figure out a solution, let me know, Emily. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm doing some morning routine research at the moment because I want to find right? something. Yeah, I want to find something that works um, mm-hmm. for me. And, and I think so often as entrepreneurs, we can put business before health or we have chapters of that. Yeah. And I know I hear a lot of my students say, well, I'll work out in a few months once this thing is up or, you know, once Mm -hmm. I hit this monetary goal or I fill my program, then I'll have more time for something else. And that's not how it actually works, because once you get there, you've gotten in the habit of doing things a certain way. And so it's really difficult to break that. Yeah, I agree. My like I was talking about my boyfriend, he actually is in his second week now of running his business full time and he had these great routines before of meditating and he had these uh, certain like architecture blogs he loved to read in the morning and he would exercise and he hasn't done any of that for like a week and a half. And I was, it's so much easier to coach other people than yeah. do it yourself. And I was telling him like, you got to prioritize this stuff now because you're going to get six months later and realize that your whole life is about your business. So yeah. it's important to just continue those routines of taking care of yourself while you're growing a business too. Yeah. The next thing I'm going to try is a checklist because I was listening to this Earl Nightingale audio the other day and he was talking about how when a plane takes off, I mean, I don't know if they still do this. He was from, he was big like in the sixties, but when a plane takes off, they have their checklist and same thing when they land, they have to go through the checklist. And so he said, just think about your morning and your evening like that. Like what is your checklist of things that you do, even if it's five minutes or 20 minutes, those things that really set you up for success and then help you wind down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. And what have you been doing in your morning routine? Just curious of what hasn't been working for you. Well, I've tried everything from journaling to meditation to working out first thing to stretching. And so I, I don't know what it is. Like my favorite thing to do, if I'm being honest, is to get up before James, have like a full hour to myself, have a cup of coffee and do some writing. And then he and James and I will go on a walk or I'll go to the gym or whatever I want to do after that. But I actually really love like having this hour to myself to just like do what I want to do and what feels good. And but at the same time, I know that getting up and drinking a cup of coffee like that's not advised um, from all the health experts. Like I should be having water and all this stuff. Um, And, you know, looking at the computer right away is not advised either. But like that's what I love doing right now. And and. So I'm having a hard time with that one. Mm. Do you feel like the resistance is coming from feeling like you need to have a routine that looks like other people's routines? Like it can't be if it feels good to you, but it can't be that because that's not a morning routine kind of thing. Well, yeah, maybe. I think like I feel like I've tried a few things. Maybe I haven't tried them for long enough for them to become a habit. Um, But yeah, maybe I need to give myself permission to just do what feels good for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe I do too. <laughs> now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to check back in on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I like what that brings up too, of just maybe we don't all have to listen to the advice of people who are saying like, you need to meditate and have a glass of lemon water and, and things like that. And if it feels good to you, then maybe that's just the season that you're in right now. And, and we have to honor yeah, we were just talking about looking at it like with an exploratory mind and doing what do what feels good. So maybe we need to take our own advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So 
So I want to ask you about something I saw on Instagram the other day. Um, you were talking about how you don't actually follow anyone on Instagram. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I don't follow anyone on Instagram or Facebook. Those are the two social medias that I, I generally use. And the reason I do that is because maybe last year, probably around that season where I started revamping things in my life, I noticed that I was getting a lot of outside information from other sources where I thought like her life seems great. Oh man, they just implemented this cool thing in their business. Maybe I should do that too. And just comparing myself to so many people out there and also just getting a lot of information that wasn't intentional. It was like, maybe I'd read a caption and it was really impactful and I really liked it, but I didn't need it in that moment or it wasn't what I set out to do that day. And then it starts clouding my mind and, and putting me on this totally different sporadic yeah. path. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I realized that I was getting all this external information when really at that moment I needed to honor more of the internal guidance and my own passions and creativity. So I did something that a lot of people I realized think is crazy after I posted that on Instagram about why I do that. Um, but I, st I stopped following people and I do it only for a season, maybe a few months, basically until I feel like I can refollow people intentionally and not uh, just follow them to absorb this outside information. But it's been so freeing to log into social media and not scroll through a bunch of posts from amazing people, but people that I didn't need to learn from in that moment and to really just start honoring more of my own creativity. And what I found is just that I have so many more ideas and I feel so much more in tune with what is my voice? What's my mission? Because when I was following hundreds of accounts, I remember thinking like, I don't even know what Melissa would feel right now or like, what would Melissa say? It just felt so um, so coded in everyone else's voice that it was hard to find my own voice too. Mm. Uh, so this has been a really positive project for me and, and rediscovering my own identity and we'll see how, what happens with it. I'll probably refollow people in a few months, but it feels good right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I so resonate with that. Recently I went through and I unfollowed a bunch of people on Facebook because I realized it was just not that I had anything against anyone, but it was people I barely knew. I didn't need to know it was their grandma's birthday. Like the yeah. time I was spending reading all these posts that didn't really impact me or mean anything to me was so valuable. And I just had to put an end to that. And it was so freeing. Yeah. And I think we need to remember like even aside from time, there's this invisible energy that I feel like we exert when we see our high school acquaintances, grandma's birthday happen yeah. last week, where we don't even realize what's happening. But it's like putting in a little drop in the bucket of, okay, you only have so much energy for the day and absorbing all this information that you really don't need is putting a lot of drops in that bucket. So you have a, a smaller container for the bigger mission and purpose that you want to bring to the world. And like you said, it's never anything against anyone. And a lot of people that I unfollowed are people I completely admire and respect, but it's more of needing to put myself first right now so they can honor that inner guidance and creativity. Yeah. It's part of that self-love piece. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So one of the questions I love asking all of my guests is a little bit about how you've been able to create a life better than your dreams. And I really believe that so many of us set out to create the life that we want, but oftentimes we get something better. And so I'd love to know what your tips are for that. Mm. 
So I'll say a few of the things specifically that really helped me over the past couple of years that allowed me to get more in line with my purpose. One is something that you mentioned, journaling or writing. Um, For me, I started journaling every day and I did it for months and, and months. And it's something that really opened me up to my own awareness of who I am. So for anyone listening who's feeling like, well, I don't know what those limiting blocks are right now. Like, I just don't, I don't, I'm not aware of it. Um, I know there's something, but I don't know what it is. Journal. Journaling for me was huge in just opening my eyes to who I am. And and you see the patterns of what you do, what you say, what you experience and feel. And then that gives you that opportunity to, to make changes. So I, I journal a lot. That's been huge for me to just discover about myself and also feel grateful for the things that I have in my life and just be able to build more of this dream life from a place of alignment. Um, journaling has been great. And then also I have mentioned it before, but finding coaches, um, I think it's, it's one thing to talk to a friend or your partner and get advice about these things that are blocking you, uh, or strategies you want to try, but it's so much easier and just really the fast track. If you hire a coach who knows exactly the right thing to say, exactly what you're feeling can back it up with psychology or business strategy that they've done and just help you excel so much more quickly. So you don't have to do this journey alone and you can build your dream life with the input of some really trusted people that you're intentional about bringing into your world. So those have been the two, I would say, biggest things that have really helped me to feel like I'm stepping more into this dream life and stepping more into who I really am and putting my stake in this world more unapologetically than I was before. Beautiful. And a few follow-up questions. When do you journal? Is it a morning thing or is there not a specific time? Yeah, I try to journal in the morning um, or first thing, but I would say whenever, find a time during your day and and schedule it at that time. It's more easy to be consistent that way. But if you prefer doing it in the evening or middle of the day, just like find a time that feels good to you. Amazing. And I love how you said that coaches are that fast track, because I think oftentimes, for whatever reason, people think they're going to do it themselves. I mean, I was the same. I was that stubborn little girl in the beginning (laughs) wanting to do everything on her own. But it's like you're going to be throwing spaghetti against the wall. You might as well learn from someone who's been there and done it. And those people can help you go deeper than you can go on your own. And that it's just so powerful to have those people in your corner and to know that you're supported no matter what happens. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So where can people find you online? They can find me uh, on my website. It's where we have most of my programs, a lot of blog posts, free information at melissagriffin.com. And my name is spelled with a Y, M-E-L-Y-S-S-A. And I also have a podcast, Pursuit with Purpose. That's pursuitwithpurpose.com. And for anyone listening who wants basically like the what's spark notes guide uh, to the best guests that we've had on the podcast so far. Some of the biggest lessons that they've given and purpose and fulfillment and building a amazing, meaningful life. Then we have a free download for you at pursuitwithpurpose.com slash download. So if you want to get that free guide, um, we'll tell you more about the podcast and you can get some of the best lessons we've shared. 
Yeah, and everyone has to listen to that podcast. Some of my favorite episodes so far are J.P. Sears, who I have to say, like, I've never heard him so vulnerable. Um, I'm not, like, a huge follower. I don't know all of his work, but I've never heard him so vulnerable, and I just totally fell in love with him and his message on your show. Me too. Yeah, he was somebody, uh, for anyone who doesn't know who he is, he's the guy who creates the, like, sarcastic spiritual vegan videos on Facebook and YouTube. (laughs) Hilarious. And I was like a little worried for that interview because I didn't know if he was going to be snarky, but he is the nicest, most vulnerable, genuine person. So yeah, I love amazing. And is it Cheryl Hunter? Yes. She was incredible as well. She is an amazing person. Yeah. Yeah. But they've all been absolutely spectacular. So everyone should listen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. It's been amazing having you here. And I know my audience is going to be blown away by everything you shared and so excited for your next chapter, whatever it may be. Thank you so much, Emily. This has been such a fun, enlightening conversation with you. You're welcome. And to all the I Heart My Lifers out there, remember you too can create a life better than your dreams. As Melissa said, put one foot in front of the other. Just take that first step and trust that the rest will come to the surface and unfold for you. So until next time, I'm Emily Williams with Melissa Griffin, and I'll look forward to seeing you on the next show. Bye.